Hi, and welcome to Answers News for March the 1st, 2021. I'm Georgia Purdom. I'm here with Ken Ham and Bodie Hodge, and it's March. It's March. <laughs> Time is marching on. Time is marching on. I hope, I hope everything opens up more soon. I hope so, too. We'll be opening our, back to our regular schedule, basically, yeah, March will. the 10th. So. March the 10th, back to back, the regular schedule for the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter. Make sure yep. you go to arkencounter.com, creationmuseum.org, and check out yep. the hours and what's happening. Got some exciting things happening this year. Yeah. And actually, just looking at ticket sales mm -hmm. online, mm -hmm. we're going to have a really busy year. Yeah. And we have a good. wonderful studio audience here, too, with us today. Right, we Let's do. We want to hear from you all. Come on. There we go. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of people. I know. Yeah. Amazing. It's that time of year. Okay, Georgia, we always start off with a few announcements. So why don't you tell us about Explore Days okay. and what that involves. Okay, Explore Days and Explore Junior are special hands-on um, science programs that we have here at the Creation Museum. So Explore Junior is for kindergarten through fifth grade, and Explore Days are for sixth through twelfth grade. And so we offer these at various times throughout the year on different topics like biology or might be dinosaurs or botany. And we have basically four workshops during the day, and there's a lunch break in between, that we do here at the Creation Museum, and sometimes we do them at the Ark Encounter as well. So we have a full schedule online. If you go to creationmuseum.org slash explore, um, you can find out more information about I might about just that. add, um, right now, we're filling in, we're finishing it off, the lower level of the Answer Center right. at the Ark, which will have a lot more workshop mm -hmm. rooms, mm -hmm. and also a larger lab. We have a yes. lab here, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this, if you play that video there, so this just shows you a little bit. So one of the other things we offer is camps, right? Um, so this is our forensic science camp um, that we do. And what these kids get to do is they get to go around basically and solve a crime, okay? Uh, obviously a fictional crime that's been committed here. And our um, Department of Public Safety helps out with that. And um, Dr. Jennifer Rivera is a forensic scientist that we have on staff. And so this is like her favorite thing to do, obviously. But you can see them, they're doing fingerprinting there. Um, and they look for clues and they try to figure out um, who, who did it, okay? So it's a really, really fun uh, three-day camp. So if you go to the next slide. Um, and this year, um, so he's, Ken's going to show you a couple more slides. So we have something, uh, we, we actually fingerprint people, <laughs> and we have suspects, okay, for this fictional crime that's been committed. And so the rumors have it that the Planetary Consortium, which was trying to steal our telescope a few years ago, okay, uh, back in 2019 when we did one of our camps, that they, they're at it again. They're back to, to go against us at, here at Answers in Genesis. And so, but this next crime they've committed has something to do with genetics and cloning, all right? So, again... This is all fictional, all right? And, and these, these camps are day camps, <laughs> These right? are day camps, yeah. So we have, we have two five-day camps, and then we have a three-day um, forensic science camp and a three-day STEM camp as well this year. Um, so those are, those are throughout the summer in so, June and so July. So people come from all over America. They do. Oh, yeah. we get people from uh, California. California, <laughs> and they'll come here, and then they yeah. stay in a hotel or whatever, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. they... The kids are they involved come. in these day camps for, yeah. the, for the week or Yeah, so registration for the camps will be open in March. So just be watching for that sometime this month. So creationmuseum.org slash camp. And, and they usually out. fill up very quickly. Mm -hmm. They do. Yeah, so you want to sign up early. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Incredible embroidered ultrasound allows blind father to see preborn son. So um, you know how 
a lot of couples are really excited when they get to see the ultrasound for the first time of their baby. But imagine if yeah. you were blind and you couldn't see that baby on the screen. And so this woman um, decided to embroider with different kind of textures and different um, how how thick it was and things like that to help a blind man, blind father, see his baby. I thought yeah. that was cool. You know, you know yeah. what? Uh, I thought when I was reading this article, it says here after his baby's initial 12-week ultrasound, mm -hmm. so you're talking four months. A few months, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He tried to picture what his baby looked like. Notice they call it a baby. Yeah. You know, yeah. think think about it from it the <laughs> perspective of those that that support abortion and right. what's going on in our culture. Mm -hmm. right. I think she's done it for multiple ultrasounds or trying to do that to give him an idea of what, you know, the baby looks like. So they, that's, they, that's cool. You know, here at uh, the Creation Museum in the Ark Encounter, each year we have special deaf days for those that are hearing impaired and we have special tactile tours right, for, people for, that are blind. for those that can't um, see, have, have, have problems with uh, sight. And so we do a lot of that sort of thing here yeah. at the Ark and the Creation mm -hmm. Museum. We do. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, I love being involved in some of that, which I have been in the past, and uh, uh, it, it really is neat seeing seeing the deaf day. Just it's it's right. just oh, absolutely yeah. incredible. We have actual deaf, deaf speakers and everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They can find that on our website to see which day that is if and they want. Just a little announcement here, uh, talking about those that are hearing impaired for Answers TV. Yep. Uh, we now have nearly all the the, the three thousand videos subtitled, That's and awesome. we're also experimenting with the software that when we do live streams like this, the subtitles will be generated that would auto be amazing. automatically. Would be. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing impaired, so I wear a cochlear implant in one ear and a hearing aid in the other ear. So I still depend somewhat on subtitles, and so that that's just tremendous. It, it's so okay, you're sort of like Purdom. the bionic woman. I am. <laughs> Yeah. A little bit. It's okay. Ken really does sound like that. I just want you to know. <laughs> Can't avoid that. Huh? All right. The origin of modern humans cannot be traced to any one single point in time or space. And my, my response to that is, yes, it can. Just read your Bible. Okay? Yeah, you can. But for evolutionists, this is a problem, okay? Because they, you know, they might say, well, it's out of Africa, but then we also hear out of Europe, out of Greece, you know, it, it varies yeah, they're, they're all, the all the time. And so they're finally coming to the conclusion, we have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's, but, it's interesting. If, you write this whole article about evolution to tell you we can't figure out how man evolved. Yeah. Or where they were at, or where they came from. Yeah. They, they don't know. But they're absolutely positive it was not Eden with Adam and Eve. Yeah. But they don't know anything about where, where man And actually, doing real science in genetics, mm -hmm. looking at chromosomes, Dr. Nathaniel Jensen, who yeah. is a PhD from Harvard University, he's one of our scientists. He's got a book coming out very soon. He's mm -hmm. done a lot of research on this. But looking at the Y chromosome mm -hmm. that comes through the man, and that goes back, he, he, as he looks at the history, it all makes sense going back to... Right. One man, and and if you and start six thousand years ago, not hundreds of thousands, thousands of or years. millions of but years ago. But I thought mm -hmm. it'd be good to do this. I mean, you see a picture of the article up here, right? The origin of modern humans mm -hmm. can't go to any single point in time. I want you to read their conclusion. Listen to this. So, following from this, major emerging questions concern which mechanisms drove and sustained this human patchwork with all its diverse ancestral threads over time and space, said the archaeologist from the Institute of Science of Human History in Germany. Understanding the relationship between fractured habitats and shifting human niches will undoubtedly play a key role in unraveling these questions, clarifying which demographic patterns provide a best fit with the genetic and paleontological, uh, uh, I, I can't even say it today, <laughs> record, record. 
So what does that mean? How would mean? the captions do that? So do you know what all that means? Here's what it means. Here's what I wrote down here. They don't know. I wrote, we have no clue. We have no they clue. have no clue. So that was their last two now, paragraphs. We haven't got a clue. But we believe in evolution anyway, they Now, they, they made a huge mistake even within their own belief system in here. I don't know if you guys caught this. It says, finally, between 60,000 and 40,000 years ago, these modern humans migrated out of Africa and across the globe. Now, why is that a huge problem? In the secular world, when they hold to these secular dating systems, they have Australians, the Aborigines, over 60,000 years old. Mm. So what they're saying in a subtle sense is that Australian Aborigines are not human. Yeah. Yeah, they're from a different line. That's a huge problem within their world. They don't even understand the contradictions that they've got here. That's a big problem. And you they know, talk about them interbreeding with Neanderthals and Denosovans. Well, those are fully human beings too. Correct. I mean, we know that. So. Yeah. See, this all makes sense. When we look at humanity and we look at the different people in various parts of the world, it makes sense. God created Adam and Eve. They have other sons and daughters in Genesis 5-4. We have the bottleneck of the flood. No one in his family survived. They build a city and a tower of Babel, uh, trying to defy God yeah. not to scatter. God confuses their language. You go to various parts of the world. Guess what? It makes sense. But you know what? It, it, people read these articles all the time. They have no idea how they're being brainwashed and indoctrinated. Even this statement here uh, from this geneticist, contrary to what many believe, neither the genetic or fossil record have so far revealed a definite time and place for the origin of our species. Well, the Y chromosome that Dr. Nathaniel Jensen is using, mm -hmm. you can trace, uh, can. trace it back. Yeah. And it makes sense to go back about 6,000 years. Mm -hmm. And we have the Bible that tells you a very specific mm -hmm. history. And then you know, look at population growth, and there's all sorts of right. other confirming evidences, right. but what they're really saying is from an evolutionist perspective, they can't figure it out, and therefore no one can know. Well, we right. see but those we can pictures, know you know, God's of word. a man supposedly evolving from some sort of ape-like creature, and, and you would think, oh, they've got all this fossil evidence to support that. No, they don't. That's what they're admitting in this paper. They don't yeah. have and yet, it. And yet kids in public schools will be told, man evolved from ape-like right. creatures, got all this mm -hmm. evidence, got all these transitional forms, right. But here's these scientists in this mm -hmm. latest research admitting we don't know how that, that we yeah. really don't have evidence for that. Did you notice the fallacy in this statement? Contrary to many people believe, neither the genetic or fossil record have so far revealed. Sorry, the fossil record and the genetic information, that, that doesn't reveal anything. People reveal things. Right. That's actually a reification fallacy. Yeah. Um, I know some of you guys may have no idea who uh, we said when we mentioned uh, Dr. Nathaniel Jensen. He's a geneticist. Uh, he's a brilliant guy, and he's written a book called Replacing Darwin, and uh, it, it really is a powerful mm -hmm. book, and uh, he's got a DVD on that subject. He's got some other uh, research that's been put out on it. It is amazing. It really it does is. demolish the Darwinian worldview. Yeah. All right. The cataclysm that killed the dinosaurs. Oh, this... I got fr frustrated when I read this article. Okay, so this is talking about the Chicxulub impactor, which was probably, an they say, an asteroid or a comet that supposedly stroke, um, hit the Earth just off the coast of Mexico. And so it was really, really huge, and that's obviously what wiped out the dinosaurs about 65 million years ago. Yep. A lot of the other animals survived, but it specifically targeted So they're, they're trying to figure out the, where that came from. Like, they, they would say, well, we, we believe that, but we don't know where that comet or that asteroid came from. So now they've Probably discovered Probably space. It. Well, <laughs> they say here it was 10 miles wide, so they were out there measuring it. Yeah. So it was 10 miles wide. Yeah, they know how big it was. Changed Earth's history. Now, here's the thing. What they're saying is what happened was the Oort cloud... Mm -hmm. Now, the Oort okay, cloud, what evidence do they have for an Oort cloud? The Oort cloud is out there at the edge of the solar Somewhere. system. They've never seen it. 
They don't know it exists, but Jan Ort back in 1950 said, we've got a problem because comets disintegrate. Mm -hmm. And so after hundreds of uh, millions of years, there'd be no there comets. But the solar system is supposed to be 4.65 billion years old or so. Well, solar systems, well, yeah, our solar system. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, there has to be something for, for comets going See, around yeah, the sun. Yeah, giving us more comets. You know, there yeah. has to be something generating That's comets. Mm -hmm. So this person proposed an Oort cloud, which nobody's seen, nobody knows exists, that nobody supposedly generates these new comets. And this whole article was based on the idea the Oort cloud is true, therefore an asteroid hit the Earth 66 million years ago yeah. and wiped out the dinosaurs, and the whole thing is <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, now that's a contrary to the fact conditional error fallacy. What? That's one of my favorite <laughs> fallacies. Say it again. What, a contrary to the fact conditional error fallacy. Basically, they're assuming something, uh, assuming something's true, something back in the past, and they're trying to draw new conclusions based on it, even though this here has absolutely no weight, no evidence, no possibility. Yeah. Uh, you, you know either. what's interesting? We, we, Bodhi is our son-in-law, yeah. and their oldest daughter is... Oh, Kylie. How, how old is Kylie? 13? Uh, yeah, 14. 14. She knows all these fallacies. She, oh, she can zip them right she, off. Oh, yeah, She's she often really said good. to me, Papa, that's a such-and-such fallacy. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. What's, what's really interesting, too, is one of the authors of this paper, okay, that says that this comment's coming from the Oort cloud, his name is Avi Loeb, and we did an article on him a couple weeks ago. So he is the same scientist who thinks that the... Um, the, the this thing in space that they call Oumuamua is from an alien culture, right? It's so a hunk of rock going through, going through space. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. you know, I'm just kind of like, okay, more inventions, obviously, of their mind. Well, actually, what you start to realize is a lot of evolutionists are great fiction writers. Mm -hmm. They are. Yeah. They really because are. Because that's what this is, yeah. a piece of fiction. Yeah. Now, let, let, let's think about some of these uh, asteroid impacts, because they, they really were asteroid impacts. You can see where they were at. Uh, there's Meteor Crater there near Flagstaff. There's the... Uh, Zahamanshin crater in Kazakhstan. There's a number of these different ones. And the one and in the Chicxulub. Yucatan Peninsula. Yep, yeah. that, that's, that's the Chicxulub, which is, it's kind of on land and kind of out to sea there just a little bit. Now, if we think about this with regards to, of, to Noah's flood, okay, this has had to have occurred after the flood of Noah's day or at least the later phases of it. And the reason that we know that is everything was ripped up from the flood pre-flood. Okay, so during the flood, we have continental shifting, and yet these things strike these things after the continents have kind of shifted a little bit. So it could be later phases in the flood uh, and so forth. It could have been, some, in some cases, post-flood. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's what caused some of the disasters we read in the Old Testament, that mm -hmm. sort of thing, you mm -hmm. know, um, you know, with darkness or whatnot. I, I simply don't yeah. know, but uh, um, just think biblically about those things for once. Just be careful of the storytelling right. uh, that comes through on the secular yeah. side. All right. Facts don't care how woke you are. Measured against biological males, the world's fastest woman would drop to the 2,500th fastest woman, right? So this has come about because Biden has basically um, given an executive order that um, transgender people can participate in the sport by which they identify with, basically as what sex they identify, not what sex they biologically are. All right, so that's the problem. And so what this article does is it really looks at it from a, from a biological standpoint. And I, you know, when I was reading this, I thought, okay, let's just say for the sake of argument that I think gender and sex can be two different things. Okay, I don't, all right? But let's just say for the sake of argument, I do. I still would say that sports need to be based off of a person's biological sex, not their gender, because <laughs> 
Even if a man later decides to become a woman, testosterone has already done things to that man that cannot be undone. He has bigger lungs. He has a bigger heart. He has more red blood cells. He has higher muscle mass. You can't undo that. You can't change, even if you lower the testosterone levels, it's already been done. There's no way a woman can effectively compete against a male. So no, men have a bigger heart? <laughs> yeah, physically. Yeah. <laughs> bigger yeah. brain? <laughs> Doesn't mean smarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> right. The, the vessels, the, the human body, the male and female vessels, the bodies are definitely different. They're different. Uh, we yeah. see that in 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands likewise dwell uh, with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel, uh, being heirs together uh, of the grace of life mm-hmm. that your prayers may not be hindered. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, even the Bible recognizes that sort of thing. Right. Well, so. and of course, you know, going right back to Genesis chapter 1, God made male and mm-hmm. female. and mm-hmm. says all the way through Scripture, male and female. And right. Jesus in Matthew 19 and Mark 10 says male and female. He made them from the beginning. Yeah. And, you know, you know, with what's happening with what the Biden administration is doing, of course, there's going to be all sorts of moral issues over the bathroom issue where someone who's a man who says they identify as a woman, then they're, then Biden is saying you can right. go into the woman's, women's yeah. bathrooms. And so you imagine the problems there's going to be and in schools and things like right. that. But what's happening here, if you, if you s- said, you know, I'm, I'm, as a male, you know, I'm not good enough to get into the Olympics or win a medal, I know what I'll do. I'll identify as a woman. Then, I, <laughs> then I'll be able exactly. to win some of those those particular uh, sports because that yeah. and that's what's happening and a lot of the it's an attack on women a lot of the young girls in you know some of the schools and so on saying they're not going to get scholarships now and things like that and mm-hmm. and what's the point of even having sports for well them? that's what I said I think these girls I mean sadly I hate to say this they just need to walk out um, and and not participate in it because it's just there's they're not going to be able to go, win go to a, a start a group of biological female sports or something yeah, and exactly. what's interesting is when you look at the whole transgender movement and so on it is a tiny percent it is. of the population yeah. mm-hmm. and yet it's being used to to drive everything well, that's why i say if the girls walk out there will be no sports <laughs> because there won't be enough transgender people to support the sports um, and, yeah. and, you know, they even talk about, like, testosterone levels because that's a big thing they're using now. Well, the thing is, is that even a, a male who's on, let's say, blockers, okay, for testosterone production and things like that, that male still will produce more testosterone by a, by a lot oh, than nice. any female, all right? So it's just very, very problematic to even use that as a measure, supposedly, to mm-hmm. allow people to participate. And, well, and maybe we should say, too, just for the audience who's here and watching, We've talked before about the fact that it used to be that your gender was equivalent to the biological right, sex. Right, yeah. And now what they're doing in the world is they're making gender different. Exactly. Biological sex is what you're born with, what you're genetically determined to be, and then gender is what you believe you are. Right. What you feel like you are. Right. Now, let, let's talk about an elephant in the room there. You know, there's this whole movement, LGBTQ, whatever it might be. But there's actually a huge tension between there. Right. Because yeah. LG and B would actually oppose T, and T would oppose LG and B. So That's true. If yeah. one's right, then the other's wrong. If the other's right, then the other's wrong. I mean, there's a huge problem there. Well, that's why the feminist movement, you know, the feminist movement was a really big movement. Right. Right. And now they're starting to object to the transgender movement. It's undoing everything they fought for, literally. (laughs) So So it's interesting to stand by and watch all that. Yeah. All right. Earth's mountains disappeared for a billion years and then life stopped evolving. (laughs) So 
what they are basically saying in this article is they supposedly have found a way by looking at europium and zircon crystals to help them reveal the crustal thickness, okay, over time, how the Earth has changed over billions of years. And supposedly from about, let's see, what did they say? Um, there was about a billion years in the middle there from about 2.5 billion to 0.5 billion years ago where the Earth stopped making mountains and it, they call it the boring billion because life stopped evolving at that point too. Okay, so, <laughs> so all of a sudden, they just took a billion years away from evolution. Yep. In their own worldview. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a major problem. That's a problem in their view. I, I don't know if they huge. realize what they just did. That's a <laughs> gigantic issue. Okay, and on top of that, there, there's so many problems when I look at this. Uh, this is actually a converse fallacy of accident. Uh, I know that, that's a rare fallacy, but what they're doing is they're applying a scientific rule based essentially on an accidental idea about what happened in the past. You know, oh, well, there's no mountains, therefore there's no evolution. No that's evolution. just a, I mean, that's just a material yeah. fallacy. Well, you know, it's interesting. If you look up Psalm, I just look it up, Psalm 104, verse 8. The mountains rose and the valleys sank down mm -hmm. to the place which you established for them and you set a boundary they may not pass over so they will not return water, will not return to cover the earth. Mm -hmm. And so many people believe that's a reference to the flood of Noah's right, day. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. at the end of the flood, uh, as part of the ending of the flood, God raised up the mountains mm -hmm. and lowered the ocean basin so the water poured off the earth, which is why you find fossils on the top of the Himalayas and things like that. Yep. So yeah, the mountains yeah. before the flood were not as high and the ocean right. basins weren't as deep uh, before the flood. And so mountain building occurred yeah. particularly towards the end of the flood. Right. Yeah. At least by the 150th day, we started to see mountains right. arise. You know, the, the ark landed in the mountains of Ararat, and there's probably a lot of continuation of that for but, some time. But again, it's another article it's where they weren't there, they didn't see all this happen, but they're yeah. proposing this, and then it yeah. contradicts evolution And they're hurting evolution themselves, anyway. because, you know, life supposedly evolved at three and a half billion years ago, a billion years after the earth formed. Now they've got... They've got another billion that supposedly nothing happened. So now you've got basically two and a half billion years for all life to have evolved on Earth. Now, the human genome has about three billion base pairs in it. So that's on average for the human population, more than one base pair per year for the entire population. Are we observing that today? Yeah. Those additions? No, we're not. Mm -hmm. um, it's just imaginary time. It's but just nothing but a story. The more you watch Answers News, and we cover a lot of these articles, the more you realize evolutionists have no idea what they're yeah. talking about. They have a hard... It's well, just a belief. Just, it's no a blind, blind yeah. faith belief because they reject yeah. God. Yeah, no evidence to support it. All right, LGBTQ artist now has the top Christian album on iTunes. So this is about um, an openly, um, they, they say an openly queer artist by the name of Simler, which is a stage name of Grace Baldridge. And she has an album called Preacher's Kid, which has reached the number one spot on the Christian music um, list on iTunes iTunes. I don't it, know why it's on the Christian it's music. Not, it's not a Christian okay. album. First it's not off, a Christian. <laughs> first off, we're trusting that iTunes can properly define Christian. Yeah, exactly. Well, and they obviously exactly. can't. But the other thing is this was all orchestrated because mm -hmm. she had her LGBTQ friends right. to go in there and force it to the top, mm -hmm. so to speak. Mm -hmm. yep. yeah, so it was all orchestrated. Song. But as, as you read the words, oh, the mission trips are scams. They do more harm than good. We've got fame-hungry pastors making bank in Hollywood. She's pointing out a lot of the problems. There are problems in Christianity. No one doubts that. We're sinners. We're saved by grace, but we're still sinners. And we do things that are wrong. But it's just obvious as you read through her stuff, 
she she had a lot of questions, you know, too, that I answered. think, and she never got answered. Well, you know, I, like. over the years, um, and, and it was an Episcopal church, I believe she grew mm -hmm. up in, and over the years, we know that we've met many, many young people that said they went to church and never got answers. They were taught evolution as fact in the schools, never got answers at church because most churches haven't taught them to defend the yeah. Christian faith. Yeah. In fact, most of them, she was probably told when she went to church, you can believe in evolution of millions right. of years. Mm -hmm. I'd be 99% sure that that was yeah. so. And, and, you know, it, in a way, this is a sad reflection on the church, I it believe. Is. You know, the fact that mm -hmm. uh, he or she is saying that it says... In, this is, um, again, more of these words. These days I believe in Bigfoot more than God because who is he hurting? Mm -hmm. you know, and and again, there's a few problems with that. You know, first yeah. off, she doesn't understand the death and suffering issue. You know, it goes back to man's sin. That's why, that's why hurting even exists in the first place. That's why we need Jesus to save us from, from sin and death and from hurt uh, and uh, death and suffering. But the, the thing that gets me is she believes in Bigfoot more than God. Why do they put her on the Christian side of this? Yeah. Well, it says right. she's a faithfully skeptical Christian. <laughs> well, if you're I'm a skeptic, not, I'm then like, <laughs> you're not a Christian. See, not sure what that see these days, when anyone says they're a Christian, um, I mean, yeah. you have politicians. Right. They claim they're Christians, right. and you look at their, you look at what they do and their worldview, and you realize, uh-oh, something really wrong there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you love God, the Bible says keep his commandments. We read that in right. 1 John 5, 3. Um, you know, in 1 Corinthians 5, 9, you know, it commands us not to keep company with those who are sexually immoral. And it goes so far to say in verse 13, to purge the evil person from among you. Don't, you're not even supposed to eat with them. You yeah. know, that's kind of interesting. You know, it's interesting. Um, I've had, you know, over the years, many uh, kids uh, that I've seen come up to Buddy Davis, for instance, mm -hmm. and say, Buddy, you're my hero. And then I've heard people say, Dr. Purdom, you're my uh, heroine, uh, right? <laughs> or, do, or, or is that being sexist? And I've got to use the no, word. No, you're oh, fine okay. with heroin. Right. I accept that. And, um, <laughs> or, you know, for our speakers and that, or Ken Ham, you're my hero, whatever. And, you know, I, I start to think, well, I don't want people, you know, these kids sort of treating us in a particular way. Then I realize I would rather them be looking yeah. up to our speakers here yeah. than to these film stars in Hollywood and people like Music this. Yeah. And so it's yeah. a great responsibility on, on our is. staff yeah. to make sure we stand on God's word yeah. and we, we, we maintain the integrity that we should and so on. But it's also a reminder for your kids not to look up to people like these mm -hmm. Christian singers. In fact, and if, you were to, if you were to look at a lot of the music out there that's even in the church and you mm -hmm. actually read the words, you'd be horrified oh, with yeah. some of it. And here's the thing, too, you know, I mean, they, they may look at us, but we're not perfect either. At the yeah. same time, we hope we're pointing all these kids and people to look to Jesus Christ. Yeah. That, that's the, the whole point of it. That's what yeah. we want to do. Yeah. Okay. Young galaxies grow up faster than astronomers previously thought. Okay. So they're looking at these galaxies that they think are fairly young, quote unquote. Now, Which is still old by their Of course, we would say they're only 6,000 years old, but they're right. thinking still uh, a couple billion years old. But it has features that they would only expect to see in more mature galaxies, like spiral arms and things like that. So they're kind of confounded by that. Yeah. They, they believe that, you know, these galaxies start as sort of massive dust and so on. And as they swirl around mm -hmm. and then eventually they'll get uh, these spiral arms. Right. Well, they look out there to galaxies they believe mm -hmm. uh, are the ones that uh, are very, very young, yeah. according to their way of mm -hmm. thinking, and they've got spiral arms. Mm -hmm. You know, the other thing is, 
from a, a creationist perspective, one of the arguments is that uh, Dr. Danny Falk makes and others, when God created the uh, uh, the galaxies that have spiral arms, mm -hmm. if they were billions of years old, yeah. uh, because because they rotate differentially right. with the center and the arms themselves, th they wouldn't be there. Right, you wouldn't see spiral so, arms. So they look at something where they don't see spiral arms and, and uh, they yeah. would say that that's turning into mm -hmm. one, whereas we mm -hmm. say it, it, it's just... Yeah. The way it is. Yeah. 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 Genesis 1.16. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And the stars. Yeah. Look how easy that was for an all-powerful God. <laughs> well, we've often said that wow. on day four. He made the stars also. Almost like an afterthought. You know, that's something you've got to remember is what the scripture teaches about the stars. You know, the heavens mm -hmm. declare the glory of God. And so when you look out at the stars, I mean, just look at the sun and how powerful that is, but all the stars and the galaxies, and you realize mm -hmm. God did that just, you know, oh, yeah, I made the stars just to show my glory. Right. I want you to see how great I am. Yeah. And you do. You stand on earth, and you look at that and say, wow. And it shows you they don't really know what a young versus an old universe, I mean, how would they or even know what that yeah. supposedly looks like? And so this is really hurting a lot of their ideas on that. All right, we have time for one more here. Your baby is a racist, according to a new curriculum, because you're never too young to be indoctrinated. And so this is talking about a curriculum that's being presented in Montgomery County, Maryland, to elementary students that basically teaches, even at three months of age, um, based on this study that they looked at, that your baby is becoming a racist. And it, so and basically, he, every baby in the world is a racist. Yeah, pretty much. And it, it's trying to ingrain, it's trying to basically promote the idea of systemic racism, that this is just something, and this study looked at Caucasian babies, so it's saying this is true, yeah. that, you know, white people basically are, um, are racist from the very beginning of, you know, from... So, so they actually showed them faces right. that had the, uh, the same... That looked similar to the baby. Yeah, mm -hmm. that and, and that they they're familiar with, right. and then faces that they yeah. would not be familiar with. Like maybe if it was someone mm -hmm. who uh, grew up in a family that was what they call Caucasian right. or whatever, right. mm -hmm. and they showed them some of the dark face, um, but they showed racism because they look at the ones they're used to. Right. Now, Which you'd expect. It's right. interesting. The, the person writing the article actually broke this down like, okay, you've got to be kidding me. Like, so they have three bullet points. They said, okay, let's follow their logic. Babies develop the mental cognition to recognize that people look different at approximately three months. Babies prefer, to, uh, prefer people who look like the people who feed them, clothe them, and keep them comfortable. Therefore, babies are racist and their parents are too. Yeah. That's and the logic behind that. That's the logic that's behind so that. illogical. But just because you like a face, this face more than a different face, doesn't make you a racist. I mean, I, where is that? Like, wh how could you even support that or prove that I, idea? I, I'll tell you something. I, I think it has more to do with the people trying to impose the racist view on them. Right, exactly. Than exactly. the babies themselves. Yeah, that's what they're doing. So these are the kinds of things that we have to be careful about that are being sadly being taught in a lot of public schools yeah. today and why if your child is in public school, just make sure you know uh, what they're learning because yeah. a lot of these ideas are, now. Uh, I, yeah, that's what they're showing these I, kids. I, I do want to tell, tell people, we, we have a, a box set here called Debate the Critics. This actually includes the Ken Ham, Bill Nye debate 
Uh, it's got a book I did called Confound the Critics, How to Respond to a, Lostal, a Lot of Hostile Feedback and Comments. It's got the entire book on the Hamni debate. A lot of the, the things that skeptics and non-Christians are using to attack God and his word are the same things they use over and over and over again. Bill Nye used them. Uh, so I want to encourage you to get this set, Debate the Critics. It shows you how to respond to this stuff, how to be logical, how to stand on the authority of the word of God to refute these false arguments. That you are know what I'm disappointed in? Why? We didn't get to the article about evolution is trying to talk to whales. Well, you'll have to come back later for that one on Wednesday. <laughs> All right, so we're out of time for today. We'll see you later. Yeah, Bye. blessings.